Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable. And save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561. Is it time? Let's do this. It's time for Real Golf Radio, the longest-running nationally syndicated golf show in the country. With insights and experience of professional golfer Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper, and the passion and, uh, well, fun of Brian Taylor. Nice. Here they are, the hosts of Real Golf Radio, Brian and Bob. Well, hey there, and welcome to this week's edition of Real Golf Radio, wrapping up another season on the PGA Tour. We'll look back at the Tour Championship, the way the FedEx Cup came to a conclusion, and whether or not we like this new format, plus Rory's win at Eastlake. The Player of the Year race becomes a little less certain. We'll get the opinion and insight of our good friend and contributor Ryan Ballingy, as well as America's favorite caddy. Plus, we're looking back at some of our favorite interviews from throughout the season, favorite moments as well from the 2018-19 season, and we're not too far away from the 19-20 season, teeing off as well. We'll get into all of that and more this week on Real Golf Radio. Hey there, I'm Brian Taylor. Bob Casper's out this week. Something about uh, a hunt or something, he's uh, off in a remote part of Alaska chasing down uh, moose or caribou or something along those lines not, not exactly my scene but you know hey bob's a bit of a, an outdoorsman maybe even more so than than what you realize and that's what he's doing this week so i have had a few messages that he's uh, alive and well surviving so far in the back country of alaska so uh, kind of uh, interested to get his take on some of his experiences when he gets back but in the meantime you've got me and of course you can hit us up on all of our social media channels including twitter at real golf is our twitter handle where you can find us there our uh, instagram facebook is all under real golf radio favorite podcaster sites so you can search under uh, real golf or golf radio or Real Golf Radio to find any number of the of those um, available uh, broadcasts and podcasts and all that good stuff. So uh, certainly uh, hope you'll find us and download us and uh, listen to us however you choose to access your media content. Also, for those of you who are fans and subscribers of SiriusXM, you can catch up to us uh, for hour number two, 9 a.m. Eastern every Saturday morning on SiriusXM channel 211, the Dan Patrick channel. Uh, really uh, pleased to be there on on uh, Sirius XM and the Dan Patrick Channel 211 for hour 2, 9 a.m. Eastern. And then, of course, it goes across the board from there. But anyway, we're just getting started. I've got some thoughts. As we have looked at what took place at Eastlake, as we've had a chance to now digest this idea of a strokes-based seeding process, 
wrapping up the FedEx Cup with the Tour Championship winner. All of that. While the optics might be a little strange, peculiar at first, was it really that bad? That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to get some thoughts and opinions. Love to get your take on Twitter as well, at Real Golf. We'll get into all that and more, how it happened, how it went down, and what it means going forward. We'll talk about that as we continue. Thanks for joining us. Brian Taylor with you this week only right here on Real Golf Radio. You love crushing the long ball. Well, so do the pros. That's why they play Callaway. And that's why Callaway is now the number one driver on major tours worldwide. Led by the Epic Flash, with Flash Face technology, Callaway used artificial intelligence to completely maximize distance and deliver ball speed you didn't even know was possible. Basically, they used crazy science to solve very important things like hitting more bombs. What a world. Go own the tee box like the pros. Build your epic flash driver today at CallawayGolf.com. Hey guys, losing your hair sucks, and I should know. I've lost mine. And two out of three guys will experience hair loss by the time they're 35. Well, it might be too late for me, but it's not too late for you. Now there's Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to obtain. For five minutes now and starting at just 10 bucks a month, you'll never have to worry about your hair loss again. So you just sign up, takes less than five minutes, answer a few simple questions, snap a couple photos, and you complete your online doctor consultation. A licensed physician will review your info. They'll recommend the right treatment for you, and then it's shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products that are out there. And Keeps treatments are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. So if you suffer from hair loss, the last thing you want to do is wait to see a doctor. For a limited time, you receive your first month of treatment for free. Go to Keeps.com slash golf. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash golf. Do it today. Keeps.com slash golf. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. The new OGO Alpha Convoy Golf Bags Set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shadow Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now, or check it out at OGO.com. Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. 
All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. Bob actually out on vacation this week, so just uh, BT hanging with you. This segment is dr- brought to you in part by Callaway, the number one driver on major tours worldwide. How do you do that? Well, you engineer the epic flash using artificial intelligence to deliver unheard of ball speed. Own the tee box like the pros and build your epic flash driver today at Callaway Golf. Dot com And uh, interesting, just a little check of the Twitter feed and our good buddy Dave Neville, who is the senior director of product for Callaway, including the, the drivers and wood category. He's uh, quoting a tweet from Golf WRX, best driver of 2019, expert panel of the 13 of the top fitters in the country, breaking down the best stick for your swing speed. How about this? Epic Flash, best driver, under 95 mile an hour swing speed. Best driver, 95 to 105 mile an hour swing speed. And the best driver, 106 mile an hour plus swing speed. So if you're keeping score at home, I would say that's most likely the best driver, period. So anyway, congratulations. I've enjoyed uh, hitting my Epic Flash driver this year. It's been one of those things where playing around had some pretty good players. I think I was the highest handicapper. What am I at a 3.2 right now? And I was the highest handicapper in my group. And these guys uh, can hit the ball plenty far. And for the most part, I was out driving them throughout the day with the Epic Flash and the Chrome Soft X. So they don't like that because they're a bunch of Titleist honks, especially in the golf ball. And they got some PXG stuff. So they like to spend as much money as humanly possible on their game. I was blowing it by them. Yeah, I'm out of shape. I'm old. I'm overweight. But I got some tools. And I'm putting some swings on it, and it's working. So if you haven't done it, check it out. CallawayGolf.com. Build your epic flash driver. All right, let's talk about what's going on uh, this week as we recap what happened throughout the season on the PGA Tour. I find this to be a, a really good a really good discussion today. So Rory McIlroy goes out and wins the FedEx Cup, right? So uh, first of all, my prediction from a week ago was absolutely wrong. I put all my money on Justin Thomas. He was coming off a win. He had a two-shot lead. He had a 10-shot lead on last place. I mean, they, this was a great spot. And I thought JT, when he gets hot, he's hot. And he did not maintain that. In fact, Rory McElroy, who spotted JT five shots, went on to win, right? And he spotted Brooks Kepka two shots. And went on to win. So from that standpoint, it was pretty compelling. I mentioned going into break, looking at the optics going into the FedEx Cup, and we spent most of last week's show talking about this. It felt contrived, felt weird. It felt wrong in so many ways that you would have some sort of a net, if you will, tournament to decide the tour championship. So these were all the questions, and hats off again to the, the, those of the PGA Tour that put this together. Something had to happen. The Steve Sands four-hour math problem that we've experienced in tour championships past as he tries to break down what each hole for each player does as it has this chain reaction across the leaderboard as far as the FedEx Cup points are concerned. It's confusing. It didn't work. It's awkward to have... Everybody celebrate Tiger winning the tour championship. And then, oh, by the way, let's hand this little trophy over here off to Justin Rose for being the FedEx Cup champion. Oh, congratulations, Justin. Back to Tiger. Oh, my gosh, Tiger. How, how does this feel? You're finally back. You want now, now, granted, that was his first win and a comeback. So perhaps that is a bit unique to, one, it's Tiger. Two, it was the inaugural win in the comeback, which would then 
a few months later turned into a green jacket, another green jacket, fifth green jacket. So interesting. Uh, I, I think something had to be done. And if I'm FedEx, as I mentioned last week, if I'm FedEx, I want more emphasis placed on my trophy this season long. If we're going to talk about this all season long, then let's have something that feels more like it culminates in the season long. What it does, quite frankly, is minimize the tour championship. The tour championship trophy, everyone's talking about the $15 million that Rory won, not talking about his 17th win on the PGA Tour. And in fact, in some cases, you could argue that whether or not it should be an official win. Now, for this week, absolutely. Rory, on his own ball, 13 under par, he was the low score of the week. And so uh, I think that's going to help a lot of the criticism. But it's unlikely that that would be the case or it would play out that way each and every year. Fortunately for the event, for the format, Rory took care of business. He came from behind. Didn't matter the strokes he was spotted. And and that's what people are worried about. Let's say you spot Brooks a couple shots. You beat him over 72 holes by a shot, but you lose the FedEx Cup and and the Tour Championship. So Brooks actually didn't, in this scenario, Brooks would not have actually beaten Rory over 72 holes, but would be given an official win on the PGA Tour. So I think we have two things that we have to break down. One is this idea of an official win given strokes. And two, is it the best way to decide the overall season-long tour champion and FedEx Cup champion? So those are the things that, and let me, let me start with the tour champion, FedEx Cup champion. I like it. I'm sure there's some things that can be done to make it better. I'm sure there are some things that would mitigate some of the problems and confusion and, and you know, harken back more to traditional golf and, and things like that. However, overall, I, I thought it made some sense. It, it was, you know, in the first round, the guys are 10 under par, 8 under par, 7, 6, 5, what have you. But quickly, it was they're 6 under on the day and 10 under for the tournament, or they're three under on the day and seven under for the tournament, whatever the, the type thing would be. It, would, it sounded the same as if it was a Friday, but it was a Thursday. And I think, when, as we talked a lot last week, when you focus on the fact that the Tour Championship is the final 72 holes of the season, it's the, the final 72 holes of the FedEx Cup. Yeah, there's a, and again, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but there is a Tour Championship component to this. There's a tournament standalone tournament going on there which makes it a little confusing but let's put that aside for a minute and say this is a continuation of the season long so throughout the season Brooks Kepka was the dominant player coming into this week he he had earned his right to be where he was now Justin Thomas coming down the stretch and Patrick Cantlay coming down the stretch in crunch time in playoffs if you're going to use the other sports analogies they got hot in the playoffs so their points were doubled, and they quickly leaped to the top. So they were ahead of Brooks. That's fine. But Brooks didn't completely get dismissed because of what he had done throughout the season. So from that standpoint, it accomplished both things. that You, you gave weight and credence to the season-long best player as well as who was hot during the playoffs. Because face it, in any sport, regardless of how great you are in the regular season, you can tank and not win it in the playoffs, in the finals. We, we see it in every single sport. So I'm not completely down on what they've done there. 
It just takes a little bit of getting used to. Is it as awkward optically as putting with the flag stick in? <laughs> well, we're going to tackle that one another time, but you get my point. It goes against tradition. It's different, and golf is a traditionalist sport, and so people tend to lose their minds when something new is, is put into play. However, for what they needed to do and the fact that Rory was the low score of the week, I was actually fine with it. Now, let's get to the second part of that, and that is whether or not that should be deemed as an official win. You're winning the FedEx Cup. Yeah, you won the Tour Championship. But let's go back to us. And then again, Rory was the low-stroke low winner for the entire week. Strokes aside, he beat everybody, and he won the tournament. There is going to be a scenario, if this continues, where the low guy of the week does not win the tournament. And that's where people are going to have some issues. So let's look at that. Should somebody who is not low for the week be given an official win? Because this is, this is a big deal. If you get 20 wins on the PGA Tour, you have a lifetime exemption. Could this be your, you know, this was Rory's 17th win. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you are judged throughout history, number of wins being one of them. So if you completely scratch, you know, or, or throw one in, if you will, and, you know, I can, I can already hear it coming. Well, what about those that are, you know, playing in the team event in, Louisiana. Well, what about those that win the Tournament of Champions or at WGC where it's limited field or there's no cuts? Or I mean, there's obviously so, – so there you go. Precedence is set for anomalies or different circumstances and still awarding a win. I, I'm, I'm a little on the fence on this one. I, I got to be honest. I, I can see both sides of this. If you go out and win the tournament, you win the tournament given the – rules and parameters that define the tournament regardless of of how it sets out is it different than a normal week sure but it's you still went out and won and I think that is where I think that's where it it can get a little bit tricky because in the history books you're going to get an official win when you might not have actually won for the week you won the culmination, the final, you won the final 72 holes. That's where I think maybe there's a separation. I'd love to hear what you think. Tweet us. At Real Golf is a Twitter handle. Do you think the Tour Championship, regardless of how it turns out, should be an official win, or should it be you won the Tour Championship, thereby you win the FedEx Cup, the $15 million? The emphasis was placed there. Like I said, I think it diminishes the Tour Championship win a little bit, and yet it still shows up with that official W at the end of the day in the record books. All right, we'll continue talking about that. Also got to talk about Rory. What does this do? I mean, what a season Rory had. What a season Brooks had. Now they're battling it out for player of the year. We don't get a vote on this. We can talk about it. It gives us something to talk about, so we'll do that coming up next. Ryan Bounge, Golf News Net's going to join us coming up as well. Caddy's going to be by in hour number two. We still have all that to talk about. Welcome your thoughts at Real Golf. Thanks for joining us. Brian Taylor with you right here on Real Golf Radio. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com.
I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. Hi, this is Jay Ritchie, the co-host of Tee to Green, the golf show, the show by golfers for golfers. Be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time when we talk golf live from the Broadmoor Resort in Colorado Springs, Colorado, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian with you. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Bob is out this week as he is out in Alaska. We'll check in with him on his adventures coming up next week. Tune into that. You can also probably follow him on his social media page. He is posting a few pics and things like that. Maybe I'll throw some of those out on our Twitter as well, at Real Golf. Give us a follow there and join the conversation. Good one so far. By the way, this segment brought to you by Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Number one throughout the playoffs, dominating the major championships on all the major tours. It's the number one putter across major tours worldwide, and that's why you should give it a shot. And the new Stroke Lab, it's unbelievable. Great feel. Putting with the Toulon Palm Beach Stroke Lab, and it is Really, really good. In fact, it's, you know, again, mentioned playing with some guys this week. We're really good players, plus handicappers. They all wanted to check out the putter. Let me see that thing. Um, really, really good stuff. Odyssey, number one putter in golf. All right, continuing this discussion, and let, let's, let's transition to how this all shook out for Rory. Uh, putting the pedal down on Brooks, and it really felt like for the first time in a long time anyway, through this dominating run by Brooks Kepka that he wilted a little bit. Somebody stood up to him, bested him, and, you know, he makes those back-to-back bogeys. Made a double earlier, made the back-to-back, and couldn't recover. 
and and Rory just went on and dropped birdies on him. And Brooks was great afterwards, right? I mean, he smiled, shook his hand, congratulated him. It is what it is. Brooks has had a phenomenal year. And so now you have these two players going head-to-head for player of the year. This is voted by voted on by the players. If you have played in at least 15 PGA Tour events, you're eligible to vote for player of the, uh, of the year. So the PGA Tour announced the official player of the year ballot, and it includes Rory and Brooks along with Xander Shoffley and Matt Kuchar. And by the way, I mean, Cooch, Cooch continues to, I mean, this guy, you know, they have, you know, terms for these guys, call them, call them ATMs, what have you. Where these guys just continue to to play well and and uh, and rack in the the points and the money and and, and all that and certainly uh, Matt Kuchar has done that. He's forty one years old, played twenty two events this year, two victories. Of course, Mayakoba uh, with the, the caddy gate there and the Sony Open in Hawaii. So he he picks up the two W's on the year, tied for sixteenth in the FedEx Cup, eight top ten finishes and uh, twenty made cuts of the 22 events that he entered. So uh, hats off, man. Uh, 41 years young, continue playing well, and I expect Cooch will continue to, to to play well in his game. He's not a contender, really, for player of the year, but getting nominated, hey, you know what? That means you had a heck of a season, and and well done. Congratulations. Xander Shoffley is 25 years old, and, and, and again, watching him for the first time at Aaron Hills in Wisconsin at the U.S. Open a couple years ago, I was super impressed with the guy. I've told this story. I called his home club back in San Diego, talked with some of the guys in the shop. They just gave great reviews and, and glowing praise for, for Xander and the good kid that he is and the great player. And he burst on the scene and never looked back. He's never looked uncomfortable in the position, and he just is able to just take it deep. I said last week, you got to be careful. If, if Xander's in your rearview mirror, man, you got to pay attention. And I think that's an ultimate compliment for these guys. So Xander, 25, played 21 events, two victories, got the WGC HSBC champions and the Century Tournament of Champions, um, finished second overall in the FedEx Cup, six top tens, 18 of 21 made cuts. So Xander was fantastic, um, another great season. He's not really in consideration in my opinion, for player of the year, but again, a worthy, a noteworthy um, name to that list. So then let's go to Brooks Kepka. Played 21 events, three victories, the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges, the PGA Championship, and the World Golf Champions FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Tied for third in the FedEx Cup overall, uh, finished fourth in scoring average, 69.395. And nine top ten finishes, just missed the one cut on the season. 29 years young, body issue. The guy has just put together some dominating performances. And you look at nine points. That's how you add up his finishes in majors this year. Two, one, two, four. Was that right? Two, one. I think it was two, one, two, four. Um, just absolutely phenomenal play in the big events. And the FedEx Cup, you know, was a big event. The Tour Championship's a big event. So he's, he's to me, Brooks Kepka had the dominant season, all season long. There, there, he was the guy to beat. Every major championship, every big event that Brooks was in, he was the guy to beat. 
and he showed up and you know he he can he was there he was in contention that's the kind of stuff that the best players in the world do and he's number one in the world no surprise so I, I look at he is the guy to beat now Rory if you're gonna you're gonna make it at least make this interesting and not just be well this Brooks Kepka is automatic done deal hats off to Rory because he did he made a conversation of it so you look at Rory who by the way is 30 now he's an old guy <laughs> Played 19 events, three wins, Players' Championship, the Canadian Open, and the Tour Championship. It's pretty good. Won the FedEx Cup, obviously. Uh, had Varden Trophy. If you're unfamiliar with that, that's low scoring average on the PGA Tour. 69.057. 14 top 10 finishes. Made 17 or 19 cuts. But of the 19 events he played... Top 10 14 times. Wow. Impressive. Best season for Rory? I don't know. This is going to come down to the argument of how much weight do we give to major championships? Is there an unhealthy amount given to majors, or is it the right amount? In some ways, and we've been doing this show for 20 years, in some ways, the way Tiger went about it, his focus on Jack's 18 majors, and the fact that he was chasing him. Yeah, he's got 15. But for the most part, he was right up there to 14 through through that decade. The focus was on the majors and ticking them off. And Tiger was scheduling his, his uh, he, he tailored his schedule around the majors. Wanted to peak at those times. All that discussion, you know, it, it was part of it, but it, it ramped up and became more prevalent. So these guys, now that are out there, they, they grew up watching this. This is part of the culture. The, the, the majors have a higher weight to them than any other event, including the FedEx Cup. Well, and the Players' Championship, FedEx Cup, this is all the PGA Tour stuff, but the PGA Tour doesn't run the major championships, so there's this, there's this disconnect a little bit. And maybe a bit of an unfair to the rest of the events to put so much. In fact, Rory mentioned this week he's playing, and he mentioned that you know maybe we are getting a bit of an unhealthy balance, too much weight given to these major championships. It becomes a bit unfair. Maybe we're training the fans to only focus on the majors and tune out and care less or, you know, certainly care less than they do about the weeks of the major championships. And is that unhealthy to what the tour is trying to put out as a product and the sponsorship dollars that are given for a regular tour event or even a major tour event, not a major championship, a a major or a list tour event. Right? So I I think that's worth mentioning it certainly is is appropriate. So anyway, given that, how do we separate the two? If you're looking at this, and, and I talked to one tour player this week, and he said he, he, he wouldn't come out and say, he said either one are deserving. Okay, well, thanks. That, that didn't, I can tell you, I agree. I agree with the tour player. Either one are deserving. So what are you going to do with it? Players' Championship, Canadian Open Tour Championship. Players' Championship, Tour Championship, two biggest events on the PGA Tour. You won them, and you happen to win, by the way, a National Open. The Canadian Open sometimes gets a, slides a little bit under the radar because of its position typically with the, around the Open Championship, the British Open. However, when you go have Rory go out and dominate it, well, I mean, and Dustin Johnson won it. I mean, so guys are winning. You know, big names, it starts, it kind of it's, feels like it's elevated. Certainly in the last several years, it, the Canadian Open feels a bit elevated from what it was several years ago, perhaps. So given that, I think those are three great wins, and, he, and Rory won two of the 
two, the two biggest events that the PGA Tour puts on each year. Uh, however, Brooks Kepka won CJ Cup at Nine Bridges just below, in that tier just below the, the Tour Championship and the players. He won the PGA Championship, which we are all in agreement is above any PGA Tour event, and he won a WGC, which again is, is right there at the A-lister event. So a major, a WGC, and an elite event in the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges. Number one in the world, didn't have as many top tens, didn't have his lowest scoring average, didn't win the FedEx Cup. Man, did he dominate. To me, the story throughout the entire year has been Brooks Kepka. I'm leaning that direction. I, I talked to others this week who they say, nope, look, man, you win the two biggest events on tour. You, you, you go head-to-head with Brooks Kepka and you best him on the biggest stage for the most money. You could argue biggest stage, but certainly the most money. Okay, I, I'm, I'm with you. And it wouldn't, would I think it was an outcry if Rory won player of the year? I don't know. And I don't even know if that either one of these two care that they are listed as player of the year. What I love to see is that the Varden Trophy gets mentioned. I know with Billy Casper, Bob's dad, he won 51 times on the PGA Tour, three major championships, para Opens, U.S. Opens, and a Masters. So... Of all those things, but one of the things that gets mentioned all the time is his Varden trophies. I think six times he won the Varden trophy. I have to ask Bob when he gets back. That might not be exactly accurate, but point being, he was low scoring average for a lot, for a lot of years. That is dominating your peers. That, 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 to me, that should carry more weight than it actually does in our conversations. And so having said that, that's another feather in Rory's cap, so maybe it tips the scales his way again just a bit. Interesting. Love to hear what you think. At Real Golf is a Twitter handle. Uh, join the conversation. Give us your thoughts there as well. Love to hear about it. So those are the four candidates. It's really a two-horse race. Right now, I'd probably give the nod to Kepka if we're looking at an extended season. Obviously, Rory capturing it during the finals when it counts, winning the FedEx Cup. So that's going to really give him a, a nose, at least it edges his nose right up in there, and we are a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society. So should Rory get the nod, it wouldn't surprise me. Also, it probably wouldn't hurt the FedEx Cup if they voted for Rory having won both their Players' Championship and their Tour Championship and FedEx Cup. Those are the three biggest crowns you could take away from the PGA Tour. He's got them. So if they voted him Player of the Year, that would, again, give some more credence to that tour and what they have to offer. So anyway, that's my thoughts on that. My nod, I think at this point goes to Brooks Kepka. in this show over 20 years. We've always given it an, an advantage to winning a major championship. So I'm going to stick with that. We'll take a short break. When we come back, Ryan Ballingy, golfnewsnet.com will join us. I want to get his take on all of these. Also tiger had knee surgery. We'll talk about that. Uh, some of the best of the season still to come as well. The caddy uh, will join us on the back nine. It's all coming up. Thanks for joining us. Brian Taylor with you. Bob's out this week. He'll be back. Thanks for being with us right here on Real Golf Radio. Callaway's new Apex Irons redefine players' irons. Unmatched feel, distance, and control have been forged to perfection to deliver category-defining performance. Apex Irons are the ultimate forged players' distance iron. Callaway's 360 face cups generate industry-leading distance, unmatched feel, and will get every golfer's attention. Tungsten weighting in each iron fine-tunes launch, trajectory, and delivers tremendous control. See perfection in every shot with the new Apex at your local golf retailer or visit CallawayGolf.com and see what makes Callaway the number one irons in golf. 
The new OGO Alpha Convoy golf bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shano Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now, or check it out at OGO.com. You're listening to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, talking golf since Jordan Spieth was in first grade. You started it. That's real golf radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. Um, you know, I'm so used to saying that, but Bob is not, as you've noticed, uh, sitting next to me. He's out in Alaska, and he'll be joining us again next week. But uh, pleased to welcome uh, a guest to the program, our first so far this week on the show. He's a good friend, kind enough to join us on occasion from GolfNewsNet.com, the founder, CEO, president, I don't know, whatever title he wants to give himself. He's the man at GolfNewsNet.com, Ryan Ballinger joining me right now. Hey, Ryan, how are you, man? Good, BT. How are you? Do you like all those titles I threw at you, or does that uh, make you uncomfortable? I mean, I'm kind of used to it because I just kind of make them up as uh, as I meet people. I like it, as you should, to to see how it works yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. However, it can yeah, benefit I mean, you. Uh, whatever, whatever it needs to be to convince someone that I do real work for a living is uh, is what I go with. It's perfect. It's a beautiful thing, man. And you're doing great. You're killing it. So keep going, man. It's awesome. Hey, I want to get your take. So, Tour Championship wrapped up, FedEx Cup, season's over. Rory with a big win over Brooks Kepka. Uh, you know, they battling it out the way they did. I thought it was I thought it was great. Actually really enjoyed it. And so here here's the way I've been breaking it down uh, so far. It, it's there's two I'm going to separate the, the the two scenarios. One is the way the FedEx Cup played out with the strokes based scoring system and the second part of that is the tour championship being an official win uh, given the fact that there are strokes going along with that now rory played out perfectly so he eliminated the the controversy by being the low strokes on the week Um, however i want to get into that separately let's begin first of all the optics were weird coming into it pros giving strokes that type of thing however as it played out I tend, I kind of lean towards not even thinking about it so much anymore, and it was easier for me to follow. What was your, what was your take after watching this first experiment, if you will, this year? I'm, I'm on board with it. I think it's better for the fan, and I think it's better for the player to understand what you're looking at to win fifteen million dollars. Because I think in the third, the twelve prior years they've done this, I think probably half the guys who won the FedEx Cup knew they had won the FedEx Cup when they won the tour championship or when they won the FedEx cup. And so you didn't really know you were playing for $10 million. You kind of had an idea. And if you were in the top five, you, you probably pretty well knew what you had to do because you only had to be a few people. But I think this system works a lot better because the fans immediately know you win the golf tournament, you win the whole thing. The players also know. So now they know they're playing for $15 million. And I think it also helps create some volatility for the players who are not likely to win whether you're nine back 10 back eight back whatever the whatever group you fall into but in the bottom half because you look at someone like jason kokrak who came in 30 on the number and then got up into the top half of the leaderboard by the end of the week starting strokes be darned and he made himself a whole boatload of money and i I think for the players who are 
in that range of four under to even, which is 25 of the 30 players in the field, you can move up a whole lot or down a whole lot very quickly. And then at the top end of the scale, you had Justin Thomas who was there because he had the 10 strokes to start, but you had Patrick, Patrick Hanley who had eight strokes and was horrible and moved way down the leaderboard. So I, I think it works better for everybody. I think it's easier to understand. And I think the volatility of it makes it better for someone who gets to the tour championship on the fringes to maybe give themselves a chance, maybe not to win the tournament. 10 strokes is a lot to overcome in four days but to make a lot of money in the process. Well, Xander Shoffley wasn't exactly 10 back, but he made the case for why this could be exciting when he opened with 64, right, and just came flying up the board. Right, and you looked at the leaderboard after day one, and I think most people going into it probably figured that Justin Thomas would go out and keep lighting things up as he did, and he'd have a huge lead, and this would just be a laugher, but it didn't work out that way. And so you had three guys tied for the lead at the end of day one. You're like, all right, we got a golf tournament. It doesn't matter what the strokes were anymore. So the most exciting day of the tour championship other than Sunday was Thursday for once. And that's not usually the case in a golf tournament. So I think in that sense, it kind of worked out to keep people engaged through all four days because the starting strokes put you in a position as a fan to wonder what these guys were going to do with their handicaps. And now that we kind of have a sense of what's possible, you know, you have a little bit more vested interest in it. We're not going to have that every year. We're going to have some years where the number one seed just blows everybody away and, finishes on 25 or 30 under with the, the bonus strokes and you just kind of laugh at it but at least this first year it kind of worked you had the top seed in there you had the number one player in the world there you had the best consistent player in the world there and you had Xander Shoffley there who tracks down big tournaments left and right so I, I think it just kind of worked out this year all right I'm with you I actually I, th- I think I'm sure there will be some tweaking that goes on and and yet I, I like it was much better than the four-hour math problem that Steve Sands tried to solve, you know, in in years past. So from that standpoint, from a fan standpoint, it was easy to just sit down and watch it all unfold. One of the things that potentially is a casualty, if you think about it, besides Steve Sands' airtime, is <laughs> the the Tour Championship itself is a little diminished. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. it, it's not so much about winning the Tour Championship as it is winning the FedEx Cup, which, of course, Rory then also got the win at the Tour Championship. Let's segue into that a little bit because Rory was low stroke guy for the week, so I'm not. It's not controversial, but considering that somebody may not win the 72 holes, may not win for four days, but they still get an official win. Do you have yeah. some concerns with that? I do. I, I don't like that. And from an official World Golf Ranking standpoint, Rory won first place points because he won the 72 holes played inside the ropes. No strokes. He won the first place points for the week. What I would like to see the tour do next year is say, you know what? If you win with the strokes, you get the FedEx Cup and the 15 million. But the player who wins the golf tournament, who has the best 72 hole total, gets some kind of bonus because they won the, the actual golf tournament. And I don't think, regardless, of where you are in that top 30, you're still playing for a lot of money. So I think you're still trying hard regardless. You're not trying to coast. You're not trying to just finish. No, nobody's trying to do that. So I don't think there's a danger in saying we reward the player who played the best over 72 holes, regardless of what handicap we give them. You give them a win. Maybe you give them a bonus equivalent to, you know, a $1.5 million bonus or something like that. And they get the official win. But since the, Bonus money for the FedEx Cup is not official money. I don't think it's fair to give an official win to someone who wins the handicap tournament. If they were official, okay. If they were both official, fine. I could maybe see a case for that. But I think the way moving forward, you have to acknowledge that the Tour Championship exists as a 72-hole golf tournament and that the FedEx Cup 
finality, whatever you want to call it, exists as a handicap tournament. Yeah. Ryan Ballinger, GolfNewsNet.com joining us. I look at it almost like the baseball stats. You know, there's a winning pitcher. You know, the, the team can win the game, but you could have yeah. a guy that it might, the starting pitcher might not get the win. Does that make sense? So yeah, I, I think it could be something along those lines. We don't really have that in golf, but man, it sure seems strange that you have a guy that uh, you know loses to the seventy-two hole winner by three shots, but still gets an official W for the week. I'm fine with it settling the FedEx Cup. That's why I wanted to separate the two. But it doesn't feel right if he gets the official win because there's a lot more that goes into that. Sure, there's money. Everyone's everyone's well compensated financially. But all that goes along with an official W, that's that's a different story. I mean, what's the price you could put on a two-year exemption? Exactly. That and you, if we're awarding world ranking points out of this, this is a great field. You get a lot of world ranking points for winning the tour championship. And so if you won it as a golf tournament, 72 holes, no starting strokes, I think you deserve financial compensation for that, not just the benefit of bumping your world ranking because everyone who gets into the top 30, everyone who gets into the tour championship gets into three majors and ostensibly gets into all four because even though you don't get automatically into the PGA championship, you played well enough to get into the PGA championship. So I think that there needs to be that extra component of it that goes along with it. You say, hey, you won the tour championship, congratulations. Here's a bonus. Here's the world ranking points, and we move on with it. Do you give them calamity, Jane? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's kind of awkward to say, or we're playing for the FedEx Cup now, but here's a really cool replica putter to go along with your <laughs> your fifteen million in this cup we've been we've been pumping up. That's what it was, right? I mean, that that's my point. The casualty is a bit. The, if there is one, is the Tour Championship, and giving somebody an official win if they didn't win that week technically um, seems a little strange. Or he has. Rory has, you know, again, it doesn't apply to Rory because he won, but you could say Rory, if he were, were if this applied to him, he has 17, 16 wins on the PJ Tour and one net win for a total of 17, which is, that's, right. it's strange, right? It's strange. Okay, let, let's shift gears a little bit and let's go now. This sets up player of the year. I thought it was a runaway. Brooks, end of story. Brooks Kepka's your player of the year. What Rory did at least made it a conversation. How, how before I give you my point and spew, which I've been talking about for the last twenty minutes, what is your take on player? If if we had a vote, what would be your take on player of the year? It's Brooks to me. I mean, it, it just boils down to what he did in the four majors. There have been three other guys in the history of the modern Grand Slam who did what he did this year by finishing in the top five in all of them: Jack, Tiger, and Ricky Fowler. For some reason, in twenty fourteen, so he's doing something that's really never been done or has hardly ever been done. And I think you have to reward that. He's won three times, same as many as, as Rory in, in terms of the season. He did win two no-cut event tournaments. That's fine. Rory won a 30-player guy tournament with a five-stroke handicap. And he won the Players' Championship, which means something. And he won the Canadian Open, which is a great national open. And I, I think it's a wonderful tournament, but is nowhere near on the level of the WGC or the CG, CJ Cup in terms of field strength. But the thing that Rory did better than Brooks and better than really anybody in the last 15 years is played so consistently. And it's such an interesting contrast between what the tour wants to value, which is season long performance and all of the tournaments that comprise the PGA tour schedule, even if the majors weren't Rory's strength versus what I would tell you most of the players value the most, which is the money making events and the, the legacy making events. And that's what Brooks was better in. Yeah. So it just kind of depends on how you view it. I think Brooks had a better year because of his performance in the majors, but I completely understand anyone who would say, 
Rory had a better year because he finished two and a half strokes better than the field on average every round this year. That's mind-bogglingly good, but I don't think he's player of the year. Mm. I, I think let, let me just throw the, here's my reason. By the way, I agree with you. In the 20 years we've been doing Real Golf Radio, we have always given precedent to those with major championships, right? That, there's always a, a weight to that. And I think maybe there always has been. I'm not going to suggest that before we started doing the show, but it seems like with Tiger's focus on Jack's 18 majors throughout his career that it facilitated a little more, I guess, a focus, if you will, on the majors. Yeah. And I think it, they've gotten heavier or weighted heavier as – Tiger went through this march towards Jack's 18. I may be completely off, but if you ask Johnny Miller about winning in you know majors back in the 70s, I don't think he would probably think it's the same as the guys think today. But anyway, my point being, it feels like it's weighted a little bit more. Let me just say this. If you looked at it, the fact that this is a PGA Tour type thing, um, if if they were the one, you know, if, if they were the ones handing this out, it's the 15, if you played 15 events on the PGA Tour, you can vote. You've got a player who won your player's championship. He won the tour championship, and he's holding the FedEx Cup trophy, your season-long points race. Those are the three biggest trophies that the tour itself hands out. So if you were doing that plus your low stroke average, yeah, that seems like a pretty compelling case for player of the year on that tour. Completely agree. I mean, it, and I understand, again, why anyone would say Rory did have the best year. He did. I mean, if you look from week to week, from tournament to tournament, he was the best. He, I mean, he was the most consistent, most, most top tens. The only places that he faltered were the Masters and the Open Championship. And if he puts a top ten in one of those, I, I think you weight it toward McElroy. But because of what Brooks did in all four majors and lost to, what, six guys in the major championships this year, um, I, I think that, again, like you said, we just weight them so much more now for a variety of reasons that it's kind of hard to step back and go, well, yeah, but Rory didn't win majors, but he won the closest thing to it and the season long race and the Varden trophy and was just so much better than everybody on a round to round basis, not like tiger level good that we should find a, a way to reward that. But I, I mean, the PGA of America's points based system gave Kepka the award because it emphasizes majors and that has not differed from the, the player's vote in 27 years. So I don't expect it to change, but I, I can see the case for it. Yeah. Right. Good stuff, man. Always good to talk golf with you. Uh, love your stuff on golfnewsnet.com and uh, really appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now we'll do it again. Ryan Ballinger joining me right here on Real Golf Radio. Again, Bob Casper out this week. The show continues next. Thanks for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Hi, I'm Brent Brown. When I opened Brent Brown Toyota in 1999, I never dreamed that in 2016 would be Utah's number one volume new car dealership. And in early 2017, when we became the number one Metro Toyota dealership in the entire United States in customer loyalty, you can imagine how proud I was of my team. Simply put, no other dealer in Utah, or in the entire region for that matter, has as many repeat customers as Brent Brown Toyota in Orem. At Brent Brown Toyota, bending over backwards isn't just a slogan, it's our mission. And just because you get our low prices doesn't mean you have to give up on great service after the sale. In fact, people drive from all over Utah and beyond to get our incredible deals, and then they send their friends and family. You don't become 
number one in the nation by taking advantage of people and then never seeing them again. Excellence both during and after the sale is what keeps our customers coming back again and again. That's probably why Time Magazine recently selected us as the quality dealer of the year for Utah. So if it's time to buy a new car, why not buy from the best? Brent Brown, Toyota, and Orem. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Taylor with you. Bob Casper's out this week. So used to saying Brian and Bob. Really appreciate Ryan Ballingy from GolfNewsNet.com stopping by and weighing in with his opinions. I think it's been fun so far. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think. At Real Golf is a Twitter handle. You can also check us out on various podcaster sites. Coming up in the back nine, the caddy will join us. We'll debate these same topics with America's favorite caddy. So stay tuned. That's all straight ahead. Looking back at how the FedEx Cup wrapped up, the Tour Championship played out, Player of the Year race, all of that straight ahead. As Real Golf Radio continues, hour number two is next. The Broadmoor is one of the world's premier resorts. This 3,000-acre property has 700 rooms and suites, a world-class amenity spa and fitness center, plus more than 185,000 square feet of meeting space. The Broadmoor is located five miles southwest of downtown Colorado Springs and one hour south of Denver. The Broadmoor continues to stand in the forefront of world-class facilities, amenities, and service, combining modern comfort and convenience with an elegant charm of the past. You 
USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis says residents in the path of Hurricane Dorian should assume that they're going to lose power. From the state's perspective, we've been in contact with all the all the major utilities and impressed upon them that the response really uh, is aided by uh, expeditious uh, resumption of power. The storm is expected to make landfall early Monday morning. Lots of folks are bolting to beaches and campgrounds one final time for the holiday weekend. Good news, as Robert Sinclair tells Yahoo News, gas prices will be low. Yeah, lowest, uh, well, 283 last year, 257 this year, lowest since 2016. Uh, crude oil is cheap. There's lots of gasoline, lots of crude oil around, and uh, it'll, we anticipate that it'll get cheaper. Sinclair also estimates around 50 million people will be traveling, and you're listening to USA Radio News. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses. And you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Another city run by Democrats is in a financial crisis. With the details, here's USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes. Chicago's in a financial crisis. Mayor Lori Lightfoot saying during last night's State of the City address, the city has about an $838 million deficit in 2020. And if $838 million sounds like it's big, it's because it is. It's the largest in our recent history. Millions of Americans traveling for the Labor Day weekend, with experts saying starting today about 17.5 million will be flying, up almost 4% from last year. A former Canadian prime minister is taking some heat over comments she made on Twitter regarding Hurricane Dorian. Kim Campbell tweeted that she's hoping for a bullseye hit by Hurricane Dorian on Mar-a-Lago Resort. After facing backlash for the tweet, the Canadian prime minister has doubled down and told critics to get a grip. And you're listening to USA Radio News. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. 800-965-1290. 800-965-1290. Sacramento antique owner Steve Sylvester says he hopes something will be done now that the homeless crisis in California has become a national headline. Sylvester says the city is trying by throwing money at the problem, but... Bless the city, it's, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and they're throwing a lot of money at a very temporary solution. In fact, only a couple of nights ago, they approved a um, 7.8 million uh, allowance to build two tents that will house 200 people in total, 
and it'll last about two years. And that, that's a lot of money. That works out to $39,000 per person for the two years. You know, a hotel is cheaper than that. Yep. So the money is not being spent in the right way. Um, it, that's the main problem. Sylvester speaking on Fox News continues. Sacramento is a fabulous city, and where I am located is close to a street called Broadway, which has the most wonderful selection of restaurants. And outside the restaurants, people will be begging, and they're begging for yeah. money. And please don't give these people money, because it's not for food. It's for drugs. Right. Well, Steve. You know, if, you feel, yeah, so if you feel sorry for them, give them some food, not money. And finally, a second rural Nevada county is declaring a state of emergency ahead of a planned music festival. Nye County Commissioners pre-signed an emergency declaration in anticipation of next month's Alien Stock Festival. The move frees up funding in the event of an emergency. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561. The second nine, the finishing holes, the closing stretch. It starts now. Here's the back nine, our number two of Real Golf Radio. With the steady, stripe it down the middle. Make every putt because it's in your blood, Bob Casper. And that better lucky than good handled dragon flipper, Brian Taylor. Here's Brian and Bob. Hey there, and welcome in. It's hour number two, the back nine of Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor. Thanks for joining me. My co-host, Bob Casper, son of that legendary golfer, Billy Casper, is out this week. So you just got me and some fun, and we'll do our best here while Bob's away. But thank you very much for joining us, and a special welcome to those on SiriusXM, Dan Patrick Channel 211, for joining us here on the back nine. Hour number two, if you missed any part of the first hour, Ryan Balangy, GolfNewsNet.com, joined us. You can always uh, hear that segment anytime you'd like on our Twitter feed, at Real Golf. Give us a follow. If you haven't followed us at Real Golf, we'd really love you to do so and join the conversation. Let us know what you think of the show, what you'd like to hear more of, what you don't want to hear, but uh, what you'd usually want to hear. Most of the people listening to the show love listening to America's favorite caddy. The caddy has joined us for nearly the entire 20 years we've been doing this show. He's fantastic. He's got great insights. Sometimes he's a little surly. Sometimes he's a little funny. Sometimes he's not very interesting at all. But that's what makes him the caddy. And so we'll welcome him in and get his take on the topics of the day. Really, uh, the things we're talking about is, uh, of course, you've got uh, the way the FedEx Cup played out. you got the way the Tour Championship played out. I know they're one and the same, but they're not. And we'll talk about that, a distinction coming up here this hour. Also, uh, Player of the Year race, Brooks or Rory. Yes, Andrew and Kuchar on the ballot, but it's really Brooks or Rory. What do you think? We'll talk about that as well. And then uh, one of the factors that's going to play into that is low scoring average. The Varden Trophy. Harry Varden himself. 
What a great name. Harry Varden. It's a great name. Love it. And I love the Varden Trophy. And I like the distinction of being able to say I was the lowest score. I had the lowest scoring average of all y'all for the entire season. What questions do you have? Next. I mean, it's, it's the mic drop. You were the low guy. Okay, yeah, you got to win some tournaments. But Rory's got those tournaments. Brooks has some tournaments. And Brooks got a major, by the way, which could be the ultimate mic drop, right? That's really how the weighting of this is going to come down to. But I love the scoring average. I love it. Uh, also, the, 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 all those players, uh, handsomely rewarded for making it to the Tour Championship at Eastlake and participating. But, of course, Rory with the big $15 million in bonus money. Hats off. Well done. Great season. We'll get into it all next. Hour number two, the back nine, just getting started. Short break, and then we'll kick it off. Thanks for being with us. Brian Taylor with you right here on Real Golf Radio. You love crushing the long ball. Well, so do the pros. That's why they play Callaway. And that's why Callaway is now the number one driver on major tours worldwide. Led by the Epic Flash, with Flash Face technology, Callaway used artificial intelligence to completely maximize distance and deliver ball speed you didn't even know was possible. Basically, they used crazy science to solve very important things like hitting more bombs. What a world. Go own the tee box like the pros. Build your epic flash driver today at CallawayGolf.com. We just changed the putter. Now you need to change yours. A multi-material shaft enabled a radical shift in weight distribution, resulting in a putter designed to improve your actual stroke. Because a better stroke helps make more putts. This is a stroke of genius. Stroke Lab from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Hey guys, losing your hair sucks, and I should know. I've lost mine. And two out of three guys will experience hair loss by the time they're 35. Well, it might be too late for me, but it's not too late for you. Now there's Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to obtain. For five minutes now and starting at just 10 bucks a month, you'll never have to worry about your hair loss again. So you just sign up, it takes less than five minutes, answer a few simple questions, snap a couple photos, and you complete your online doctor consultation. A licensed physician will review your info. They'll recommend the right treatment for you, and then it's shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products that are out there, and Keeps treatments are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. So if you suffer from hair loss, the last thing you want to do is wait to see a doctor. For a limited time, you receive your first month of treatment for free. Go to Keeps.com slash golf. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash golf. Do it today. Keeps.com slash golf. Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, yesterday was a bit of a sad day for the world of golf in Callaway as uh, Harry Arnett, SVP, um, marketing. I mean, the guy was really hit. He is president of OGO as well. He had lots of titles over there at Callaway Golf and, and their families. He, he was It was his last day, and we uh, salute you, Harry. You know, I was thinking about uh, some of the – the memories that I have with Harry Arnett, the guy, uh, guy's fantastic. He, I, I, he was, he's a friend to all. He's um, very cle- obviously clever and creative and um, thorough. I remember first meeting him and not being sure what Harry was all about. <laughs> he was different. Um, you know, you just knew right away that uh, that Harry was was a little a little unique to the other guys that you work with in the golf industry. 
but you knew that he knew what he was talking about. And uh, I, I used to work at, with him when he was at TaylorMade back in the day. One of my memories is we went to the PGA Merchandise Show, and they asked me, would you MC an interview with Paula Creamer inside our booth? And I was, of course, flattered. I'm like, heck, yeah, I'd love to do that. And so I stood up there with Paula, interviewed her about her year, talked about, you know, led her into some questions about her gear with Adidas and TaylorMade and all that kind of thing. And I, I thought it was really cool. They took pictures of us. It's still one of my favorite memories. The next year, I was like, ooh, am I going to get to do this again? And, and uh, they said, no, Harry's going to do that. I'm like, Harry's going to do it? I'm like, what? What, what happened? What, what did I do a bad job? What did I do? And, and Harry went up there and started being Harry and that personality came out and you were like, Hey, you know what? The guy's, the guy is, he'll capture your attention. Right. And I still kind of felt bummed cause I wanted to do it anyway. He then gets, of course, when he, when he goes to Callaway, he starts really uh, exercising his full influence, starts the pirate ship and the, the whole media company essentially he starts, basically forms his own media company. And stars himself, you know, with the Callaway Lives, he basically takes a, a a nighttime talk show approach to it. And the guy is an amazing personality, super creative, and uh, certainly couldn't say enough good about him. Just really appreciate the way he treats people. We, we've never been the biggest outlet, certainly, that uh, the Callaway has worked with, that, but they've always treated us just the same, and uh, we appreciate that. So hats off, Harry Arnett. Can't wait to hear what you're going to be involved in and uh, what you're going to do next, and we wish you the best, and thank you for everything you've done for us here on Real Golf Radio over most of the 20 years that we've been doing this show. All right, the topic on the table today certainly uh, surrounds the end of the season, the Tour Championship wrapping up last week, also the way the FedEx Cup played out. And uh, if you're just joining us, and again, appreciate everybody for tuning in on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Channel, um, thank you for being with us. Uh, the Twitter handle is at Real Golf. Website's realgolfradio.com, and you can find us on Real Golf Radio handles on Instagram and Facebook as well. So, uh, And search for us there on podcaster sites also. Thanks for accessing the show. Really appreciate you being a part of the show. Bob Casper, son of Billy Casper, the Hall of Famer, normally sitting alongside. He's out this week. So the big topic, and if you, in the first hour, I talked a lot about this. Separating the two issues, which I think there are two issues. One is the strokes-based system which essentially gives you know, the leader of the FedEx Cup going into the Tour Championship a couple-shot lead over the next guy, 10-shot lead over the last guy. I, that's the strokes. where We've talked about that ad nauseum. The second part of that is you also have a 72-hole tournament that's being played known as the Tour Championship. Rory won that Tour Championship, and he got win number 17 for his career. It's an official win. There's a lot of things that go along with getting an official win on the PGA Tour. The great thing about what happened last week is Rory was also low for the week. So he beat everybody for those four rounds, regardless of the strokes that were given. In fact, even in spite of the strokes that he was giving, he, he given, he, so he beat Justin Thomas. He spotted Justin Thomas five and still went along to, to win the tournament. So thankfully that happened, but you have to acknowledge that if this continues in the way it goes, that this probably comes up at this scenario probably comes up at some point in time where the leader of the FedEx Cup, or second place, or third place, someone who has a strokes advantage, goes on to win the Tour Championship in the FedEx Cup. And they win the FedEx Cup rightly so. This is all, I'm, I'm separating the two. But what about the Tour Championship? What about that four-round tur- four tournament? Do you get an official win? So if you did not beat those other 30 players, 29, whatever it is, if you don't beat them head-to-head over four rounds, do you still get a W? You still get a two-year exemption on tour. Do you still get a credit for in the record book for winning? All the things that go along with that. 
Now, you're, you're handsomely rewarded, regardless of whether you win the FedEx Cup, you're handsomely rewarded. So I'm separating all that. I'm strictly talking about the root of getting an official win. And I'm anxious to get the caddy's thoughts on that. Ryan Ballingy from GolfNewsNet.com joined me at the end of hour one, and he's like, don't like that. And I'm with him. I don't like the look of it. I don't like, well, it just, it just doesn't make sense. How do you, you don't want to go back to then, okay, but we're actually going to give, uh, we're actually going to give you a win here, but you didn't win the tournament and you don't get the FedEx and all that. Then now it starts to get confusing again. But at some point in time, when you add it all up at the end of the day, do you start counting the number of wins a guy has over his career, of which one of them may include not being the 72 hole low score? Something to think about. So in my opinion, that needs to be accounted for. Something There's got to be a provision in there somewhere. Outside of that, I actually preferred, I know the optics look bad with pros giving each other strokes. Putting all that aside, it worked. It worked. It worked better and it a lot better, like way better. The math problem that Steve Sands tried to solve for us every few shots was just, it was, it was annoying, confusing. It wasn't fun. It didn't work. So uh, my hat's off to the PGA Tour. This worked. But now you got to address the win thing. And maybe it just is what it is. Hey, look, man, we're going to bonus them $15 bucks, and we're going to bonus them a win on top of it. It just feels like, yeah, you can come up with all kinds of prize money. You can give them as many trophies as you want, but the official W, another little check right there next to your name, that's the one that seems to be, I mean, we're talking history here. So anyway. And by the way, I start. I stopped looking at the the overall earnings stat a long time ago. There is zero credence to the earnings stat. Doesn't you, you? You can't compare anything. There's no generational comparison on how much money you you won because it's irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. Guys made Nicholas, Casper, Watson. These guys played for nothing. You want to go back even further and talk about Nelson and Hogan? Those guys played for. Nothing. You miss a cut and make more money today on the PGA Tour than those guys made an entire season winning five or six tournaments. So anyway, point being, uh, the money doesn't really matter. Pay them as much as you want. Take a look at this. I think that's interesting. All right. Uh, The other topic on the table today, which is interesting to discuss, and we'll get in it with the caddy uh, coming up here in just a few minutes, is that of player of the year race. Now, first of all, if you've played 15 events or more on the PGA Tour, you have a vote. So this is only for players. But it does give us something to talk about. Four players that were listed or nominated, I guess, as player of the year. So Xander Schauffele and Matt Kuchar got included in that. And good for them. They had great years. It's really a two-horse race. Is it Rory or Brooks? It really comes down to two things. Are you going to put the weight on the major championships? And the way that Brooks Kepko competed in the majors, not only winning the PGA Championship, but the way he finished. We're talking 2 one 2-4. 2-4. Two, 2-1-2-4. Two, two, um, pretty remarkable stuff, uh, the way he you added up to nine. That's pretty fantastic. So are you going to give the weight there, or are you going to give it to Rory McIlroy for winning the biggest events the PGA Tour has to offer? I get it that it's a little bit of a distinction, but I'm going to go with, yes, winning the PGA Championship is a PGA Tour victory. But the PGA Tour doesn't produce the PGA Championship, the Masters, or the Open Championship, or the U.S. Open. So the four majors are not run by the PGA Tour. Their biggest events that the PGA Tour runs is the Players' Championship, won by Rory. 
the Tour Championship, won by Rory, and the season-long race for the FedEx Cup, also won by Rory. So if you're looking at this as he's got the three biggest trophies the PGA Tour has to offer, why, that's pretty tough. Not to mention, he dominated with his 14 top 10 finishes. 14. Think about that. Pretty incredible stuff. Um, so Brooks Kepka played 21 events, three wins, which, by the way, also not only along with the PGA Championship, but he's got a WGC event and a, an elite field in the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges. He finished third in the FedEx Cup, and he had nine top tens and made 20 of 21 cuts. It's a heck of a season. That's Brooks Kepka. Rory McIlroy, 19 events, also three Ws. The Players' Championship, the Canadian Open, the Tour Championship. Won the FedEx Cup. Led the Tour in scoring average, so he's got the Varden Trophy. I think that's important. I'm going to talk about that. And then he also recorded 14 top 10 finishes, 17 and 19 cuts made. So that's what you're looking at. I, in all the years of doing this show, we have given the weight to major championships. This is what we have. And I think Tiger's affected that a little bit. So anyway, we're talking about where do you stand on that? I am going to lean with Brooks. I think Brooks was the guy to beat all year long. But Rory, man, an amazing season. And he keeps doing what he's doing. And I think you can definitely make a case for Rory. I don't think it's, I don't think it's completely closed. I think you can make a case. But ultimately... I think it comes down to Brooks Kepka had the best season and what he did in the major championships. I want to say this a little bit about the Varden Trophy. The Varden Trophy for low scoring average on the PGA Tour started back in 1937. And, of course, it was um, named after Harry Varden, uh, the great um, golfer from across the pond, Jersey. Uh, there, there was some points that decided that. So Harry Cooper won the very first Varden Trophy in 1937. That was the year Harry Varden passed away. Sam Snead in 38, Byron Nelson in four, 39, Hogan in 40 and 41. Then, then they took some time off for the wars. So coming back, then they started going actual stroke average. Jimmy Demerit, the first one in 1947. Then it was Hogan, Snead, Snead. Anyway, it went on down the line. Here's something interesting. My co-host's uh, father, Billy Casper. In 1960, low scoring average, 69.95. In 1961, it was Palmer, 69.85. In 1962, Palmer again in 70, was 70.27. Then Billy Casper in 63 was 70.58. Palmer again in 64, 70.01. Casper again in 65, 70.85. And again in 66, 70.27. Then Palmer comes back in 67, was 70.18. And then Casper takes it back in 68, 69.82. How about that run? How about that run from 1960 to 1968? Billy Casper, Arnold Palmer trading off years for low scoring average, the Varden Trophy. So Billy gets it in 60, 63, 65, 66, and 68. Palmer gets it in 61, 62, 64, 67. I mean, just phenomenal. And when you think about what Billy Casper did during that era, we all know Barnum Palmer's the king. We know it. But uh, what Billy Casper did right there in that golden age of golf is pretty, pretty special for a guy that doesn't get a whole lot of credit for that. Lee Trevino, by the way. How about Lee Trevino? 70, 71, and 72. And again in 74. 
jumps up there. That's pretty impressive. Tom Watson with a string from 77, 78, 79, 80. How about that? Watson just lighting it up. Tom Kite back-to-back years in 81 and 82. Really pretty interesting stuff. Missing off of that? Jack Nicholas. Kind of surprising. He's not in there. He won the most tournaments, but apparently that go for broke strategy kept him off the uh, Varden trophy list a little bit. Tiger Woods, by the way, 99, Yeah, he had a pretty good run himself. So pretty good stuff. And I think he missed one year because of a technicality. Had another one in there as well. So anyway, that's a look at the, I I think the Varden Trophy, low scoring average for the year. You kicked everyone's butt on the PGA Tour that you played against the entire year um, for a season. Low scoring average. That's pretty cool. I like it. For us, it's kind of how our handicap shakes out. Scoring average kind of is that for the Tour Pro, in my opinion. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. America's favorite caddy joins us. We'll weigh in on all these topics. We appreciate you being with us. Segment brought to you in part by Callaway, the number one driver. Check out Epic Flash, available at CallawayGolf.com. More of the show coming up next. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Tee it up at Uinta Golf with their sizzling summer savings specials. Look for hot deals on items like TaylorMade TP5 Picks Golf Balls, now two dozen for only $80. Cleveland CVX Wedges for only $99.99. That's a $30 savings. And save up to $200 on Rogue Irons. Just a few of the hot specials you'll find now at Uinta Golf Shop sizzling summer savings. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee, serving golfers since 1970. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. 
Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. Well, Bob Casper normally sitting in, but is out this week. And really pleased to welcome in uh, our next guest. He joins us each and every week. He's America's favorite caddy. There are bag rats. And then there are caddies. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is. The Caddy on Real Golf Radio. Yeah, the Caddy joins us right here on Real Golf Radio each and every week on the show. We're lucky to have him. He always has some great insights and opinions. Caddy, how are you, man? I'm not doing too bad. I just got back to Denver last night from beautiful Napa, California, Silverado. Mm, Safeway Open preview, huh? Safeway Open. Looks good up there. Everything looks great. Yeah, as it should. I mean, it's a beautiful part of the country, no doubt about it. So you do get to travel to some nice places. Your office tends to be fairly upscale, does it not? Would you describe it as that? Your office is typically upscale? Well, let's just say that my office next week is Pebble Beach, so I think that says all we need to say about that. I thought you were going to invite me the next time you went to Pebble Beach. I think all the flights are full. (laughs) Nice. That's pretty much you're not welcome. I got you. I'm with you. It's like one time when Scott Hope wanted to join Nolan Henke and Tommy Tolles, and I turned to him and said, sorry, we've already got two. (laughs) The boys got a kick out of that one. I believe we invited you the last time we went to Pebble. I'll just, for the record, and you did grace us with your presence. You showed up on, what was it, the sixth hole? I walked around it. I walked a few holes with the boys. 16 we started on. That's right. It was 16. And then we hit the, the 17. We had the one iron. Uh, that, that was fun. Yeah, we did the one iron challenge on 17. That was fun. So I thoroughly enjoyed the new scoring format for the FedEx Cup at Eastlake. I way, way like that better than the points. No question. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up because this is what I've been talking about. And from leading into it, from an optics standpoint, it looked bad. It looked like, wait, we have the best players in the world, professional golfers, and they're spotting each other's strokes. This is this just optically it looked weird. But again, off of Bob's theory, which I really like it, I think it's the best explained. It's an extension of the entire season. So it's the final 72 holes of the season, and it culminates in the win, winning the, the FedEx Cup. So from that standpoint, 
I, I, I'm with you. I thought it was much easier to follow. It didn't seem all that strange once golf actually started. When even though it was a Thursday, and they and 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 they were saying the announcers were saying, "Hey, he's three under on the day and seven under for the for the tournament." Okay, all right. That, but normally you'd hear that on a Friday or Saturday, but that's okay. It, it worked for me. So again, the Steve Sands math problem that he had to figure out for over four hours that wasn't working. Right? Agreed. Agreed. And is Steve still employed? <laughs> he is. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's okay. Then no casualties there. I also we certainly can't complain about the leaderboard and how the tournament wound up. It was tremendous, as was last year. But but I can't complain about the results and the leaderboard. And I mean, it was great. Yeah, so the two things. I'm going to separate it and get your take on it. So you're on – sounds like you and I are on the same page as far as the way the FedEx Cup was decided. Let, let, let me separate that for a second and go with the Tour Championship because I do think this is a little unique, Caddy. I mean, you've got Rory, – Rory made this work because he won the tournament. He was the low 72-hole scores despite the score, despite spotting – some of the other guys a few shots, right? I mean, he spotted Justin Thomas five, he spotted Brooks two, so um, or three. So he he was in in a position to, you know, he 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 was the low score regardless. But let's just assume he wasn't the low score, or he was the low score and didn't win. Um, should that still be recorded as an official win on the PGA Tour if you do not beat the rest of the field for those four rounds? Should you still be given a win? Because your win is you win the $15 million, the Tiffany Trophy, you're the FedEx Cup champion, yada, yada. But should you get a W along with it if you don't actually beat the field? No. I, I know that's an argument, right? And so that is one of the caveats that I think needs to be looked at. Does that count as an official win? Absolutely. That was Rory's 17th win on uh, on his career, which it should be because he beat everybody. But there was very much a likely case that Brooks Kepka, that Rory could have beat Brooks Kepka by a shot for the week and still lost the FedEx Cup and the Tour Championships. Ergo, Brooks would have picked up another W for his record, and yet he didn't win the 72 holes. Yeah. No chance that should happen. Okay, but that that's how it's currently... Sam Snead has 87 victories now. Sorry? So we'd have to give back those seven or eight victories they took away from Sam Snead, wouldn't we? If we're doing this, I'm, this isn't even a win. You didn't even beat the field. How, if you're getting a win for that, so what are we going to do next? Roam win? <laughs> wow. That, was, that escalated quickly from the Tour Championship okay. win to the Pro-Am. There's no way this can be a win, and I will tell you why. It's okay. an individual win. Because how you play golf, the pressure you feel, all that's in that is different trying to cap off just an individual tournament win. It just isn't the same. It's not the same thing. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. You can't hand have it. It'd be the first net win in a professional event. Oh, I, you were a low net winner. Congratulations. You get the math. That's exactly right. That's ridiculous. You can't go there. That's not. It should not be an official win. Okay, so it is this year, but it's okay, it's okay because Rory was low for the week. So again, this scenario didn't play out. So it Rory made this whole thing work. Okay, so the PGA Tour's got to be ecstatic first of all. 
because the way it played out, it worked. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, if and, and it's not hard to see, right? If you played this out over five years, the scenario is certainly going to happen where, I mean, I, I, my bet was on Justin Thomas. He had the two-shot lead, 10-shot lead on the last place. I figured he was hot. He just won. He's going to go out and win. And in that scenario, he was spotting Rory five shots. So he could have technically, Rory could have played great but and beat Justin Thomas by four shots for the week, and JT still would have been the winner and got the W for it to his win total. Well, the problem is you, you, you weren't the low 72-hole winner. How can you win a tournament if you weren't the low scorer for the tournament? Because you won how the parameters were set up for the event. You won that event based on those parameters. Now, there's other parameters. Caddy, so look. Question. question. Yeah. The identical. There is no difference to winning the FedEx Cup on points and winning it on an adjusted stroke thing. It's the same thing. Did you get an official win for the FedEx Cup season event? Does that count as a win? No. No. Eastlake counts as a win, but but the FedEx Cup doesn't count as a win. This this is just the finishing, the finish of a year long tournament. It's, it's it should absolutely whether you win the FedEx Cup whether. It should not be an official win. So they're the casualty. We, as you're going back to our Steve Sands conversation, the casualty in this is the Tour Championship, in my opinion. You're diminishing the Tour Championship. The Tour Championship simply is the culmination of the FedEx Cup. So Coca-Cola is getting less bang, but FedEx is getting more, right? I don't think Coca-Cola is getting any less bang. I think they didn't mention Coca-Cola any less than they would. <laughs> well, I think FedEx was, I think FedEx from a sponsorship standpoint saying, hey, you know what, they're just, this is, the FedEx Cup, if we're going to put all this into the season-long FedEx Cup, it shouldn't be an afterthought. I mean, last year, last year would have been the nightmare scenario because, and I guess it was, if, if you're that, if you're looking to focus on the FedEx Cup, everybody focused on Tiger. Nobody, I, I'm not sure anyone cared that Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup last year. But that was a unique circumstance, certainly with Tiger making the comeback win and as popular as Tiger is, anything Tiger does, right? So that's all I'm saying. It, it, I think in the spirit of it absolutely positively has to get there overnight, we should move on to another subject. Oh, you're done? That, that's all you have to say about that? You're giving me the Forrest Gump? I'm pretty much done with this one. It's not a tournament win. Next question, please. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. I can do that. All right. We won't beat the dead horse. Let's move on then. Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, player of the year race. Again. No brainer. No brainer. Anybody who even brings up the idea that Rory should beat Brooks for for player of the year is out of their mind. Brooks, how many majors did Rory win? Zero. How many majors did Rory beat Brooks Kepka in? Zero. How many majors did Brooks Kepka finish in the top three in? Three. Okay. How many tournaments did Rory win, not including Eastlake, or including Eastlake if you want to? Three. Both of them had three wins. Okay. Both of them had three wins. Brooks had a major and finished higher in the majors. How's that even a contest? I like it, Caddy. I know where you're going, so hang on one second. We're up against a break. We've got to take one. We'll be back in three minutes, but I want to debate this. Player of the year, Rory Brooks. Caddy says it's a close deal. We'll bring up a couple of issues. Caddy's take on that next right here on Real Golf Radio. 
And here's Ricky on 12. What a comeback it's been for him today. Pin placement is a little tricky. We're seeing something. Uh, something is getting closer. Holy. <clears throat> and that'll cost him. It can be dangerous to drive while distracted. Yet at any daytime moment, almost 660,000 drivers across the country are using electronic devices while they drive. Join me and commit to always driving distraction-free. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. The new OGO Alpha Convoy golf bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shano Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now, or check it out at OGO.com. You can tell a lot about a golfer by the way he sets his hands on the club. Is he squeezing the life out of it, or is it like he's cradling a newborn baby? Holding it light so he can feel the club head eliminates tension, increases swing speed, and improves accuracy. These are the things our grips promote. Because the secret to golf isn't how you put your hands on the club, it's the way you put your hands on a wind grip. Win, play your best golf. You love crushing the long ball. Well, so do the pros. That's why they play Callaway. And that's why Callaway is now the number one driver on major tours worldwide. Led by the Epic Flash, with Flash Face technology, Callaway used artificial intelligence to completely maximize distance and deliver ball speed you didn't even know was possible. Basically, they used crazy science to solve very important things like hitting more bombs. What a world. Go own the tee box like the pros. Build your epic flash driver today at CallawayGolf.com. You're listening to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, talking golf since Jordan Spieth was in first grade. You started it. That's real golf radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian Taylor with you. Bob Casper's out this week. Talking with America's favorite caddy. And by the way, this segment brought to you by Callaway, the Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X. It's the ball that changed the ball. Dual soft fast core, graphene infused. It's got triple track technology. I'm telling you, if you haven't tried the Callaway Chrome Soft or Chrome Soft X, you're missing out. I talked about it earlier, how well I was hitting my Epic Flash, hitting the Chrome Soft X with it. And I all these friends, they're just I'm, they're stuck on Titleist. They kind of look down at me for playing the Chrome Soft X, and all I do is hit it by them. So, look, if it's uh, if it's they said they can't hit a quote softball, well, I'm hitting it right past you, and uh, so what are you going to do about it? But anyway, if you haven't tried it, all I'm telling you is give it a try. It's a great ball, best ball I've ever played. Chrome Soft X with triple track technology, CallawayGolf.com. All right, getting back into it with the caddy, we're talking Player of the Year, Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy. I brought this up. Caddy was quick to jump on it. He said no contest. Look, here's the deal. For 20 years of this show, we have given more weight to major championships. We've done that, right? Uh, and I think that Tiger and, and what his focus on Jack's 18 majors, and I think that has created even more so the weight on the majors than there already was. I'm not saying that there used to not be weight on the majors. There, there always has been. But let me, just, let me just throw this at you, okay? Because, by the way, I ultimately decided on on Brooks was my player of the year. I think he's the most dominant player of the year. He was the guy to beat in every major tournament that he played in, and he was in contention pretty much in all those. But let me just throw this argument out, and I want I want you to respond to it. Okay, I know you've made up your mind, but just hear this out. Rory McIlroy put the pedal down on Brooks, 
and beat him. And really, for the first time, we saw that he, you know, he got beat in a major event. $15 million on the line. He made back-to-back bogeys. Rory poured the birdies right on top of him. And he, he joins Tiger as the only two-time winners of the FedEx Cup. Uh, he had the low score of the week despite spotting Brooks' strokes. He picks up um, his uh, he picks up the FedEx Cup, the Tour Championship, the Players Championship, and the Canadian Open. So, if you're looking from a PGA Tour standpoint, and this is the Player of the Year on the PGA Tour, he has the three highest awards. He won I'm the. Th- stop this real quickly. Ask you a couple questions. Who won the 1974 U.S. Open at Wingfoot? Uh, that would be Hell Irwin. Who was Player of the Year in 1974? Uh, I'm going to say Gary Player. You'd have to guess. You don't know. How much, who won the most tournaments in 1974? Gary Player. Don't know. Who who was the who was the Players Champion in 1974? Who won the Canadian Open in 1974? I don't, I, know. I don't know if they were playing the Players Championship in 1974. Were they? I believe they were. Okay. So. The point is, the majors mean everything. Right, but you have to at least, it's a, I, I don't question think it's as quite as clear-cut as you're two. saying it, Caddy. Question number two. Would you rather have throwing the money aside, because I don't think the money should, let's throw the money aside here, because money is irrelevant to Brooks Kepka and money, as Roy McIlroy has said, is irrelevant to him. So, if you could take the tournament wins this year that Rory had or the tournament wins this year that Brooks had, which ones would you take? I would take Brooks's wins. Who wouldn't? You're talking a WGC, a FedEx Cup. I'm mean, sorry, WGC, a PGA Championship, and the CJ9 Bridges is an elite field event. So, yeah. I'll throw another one at you. If you could take Rory's win, Players' Championship, FedEx Cup, Canadian Open, or you could take one Masters, and that's the only thing you got. Which one you, would you take? You take Caddy, this is I. I, I these would, are I would take the Masters. I would take the Masters. You know that. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm just I'm just saying. But if but if you are ta- I, I'm with you. But if you're talking PGA Tour Player of the Year. And one guy holds all three of the biggest trophies that the PGA Tour offers. You got to consider. No, he doesn't. He doesn't hold any of the biggest trophies that the PGA Tour offers. The biggest PGA Tour, Tour trophies are the four majors. They're those PGA aren't PGA. Tour. No, those aren't PGA Tour trophies. What do you mean they don't count as PGA Tour events? No, no, they're PGA Tour events. That's two different things. You said PGA Tour trophies. The PGA Tour doesn't run any of the majors. It's the PGA Tour win. It's a PGA Tour win, of course. What's the difference? Oh, well, you know what the difference is. So, so I see your point. Your point is PGA Tour Player of the Year, not Player of the Year. I thought it was Player of the Year. It's Player of the Year, but it's as voted on by the PGA Tour players. You have to you have to play at least fifteen PGA Tour if events to vote. Year, if it's player, if it's a PGA Tour Player of the Year, you have a, you have an argument. But if it's Player of the Year, if there's no argument, it's a no brainer. It's Brooks Koepka. So now we should move on to the next subject because we solved this problem. Maybe nuclear fusion. 
we want to go to nuclear fusion? Because I'm on a roll. I might stop global warming before this phone call. Okay, let me just ask you this, because this is something that I threw out there. Do you think that the Varden Trophy, and again, put all the rest of this player of the year, major championships aside, all the, but what, what do you think of the Varden Trophy? Like, how important to you is the Varden Trophy being the lowest scoring average for this season? Because I think, I want to say Billy Casper won 51 times on tour. He had three major championships, and I believe he was the Varden Trophy winner six times. How, how big of a deal is that? It doesn't feel like the Varden Trophy gets mentioned all that often, but you just kicked everyone's butt on the PGA Tour from a strokes average, strokes um, scoring average, you know, for the entire season. To me, I think that should have more um, prominence than it does when you discuss someone's season. It's it's uh, an okay thing. I don't think it's that big a deal because nobody. It's not apples to apples. Not everybody competed in all the same tournaments. You could have played in tournaments where stroke averages were lower, and yet you. And I know they adjusted. It's not an actual stroke average, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's an adjusted stroke average. Is it not? They do. They have both. They have actual and stroke. Yeah. Right. So, I think it's it's a cool award, but I don't think it's that big a deal to me. I, you can't say how something would, would what something would mean to you if you haven't earned it or haven't been there or haven't received it. But I sitting here, I would think I was that accomplished a player. I I don't think Jack Nicklaus has any idea how many large trophies he's won. Oh, I think he does. Well, maybe he does, and I could be wrong then. But I I just don't think that means. All I know is if you, you ever been to Nicklaus' house and seen his trophy case. Oh yeah, we go there almost every Thanksgiving. No, what do you mean? Well, if I, no, I've never been to his house. His, his trophy case is a glass case with an index card that lists his major championship wins. There are no other trophies anywhere to be. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> You're a little surly today. I am just getting things done. Sometimes you only have so much time, and you just have to get things done. Most of the time. I can talk, talk along with the, with the best of them. All right. But I'm just checking it off the list right now. Checking it off the list. Okay. All right. All right. Well, those were the main questions that I had. Um, I, I guess the last thing Middle I could. East, Middle, East peace, Middle East peace problem? Do you want to hit that one? I can solve that one before this. That's for another show. That's for another show. Uh, I, I would like to throw this out. It is the end of the season, and we'll probably talk about this later on. After the whole flagstick rule and whether it's beneficial or not beneficial, uh, do you have an opinion one way or another, Wes, to do you care anymore? Is it an issue for you anymore? So I think the flagstick rule is fine, and I'm glad that almost nobody leaves it in the putt anymore on the PGA Tour because I think it looks terrible. Okay, so still don't like the I optics. worse-looking than the long putter. Mm. I think it's interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I could be, I could be way off on this, but it seems to me that more LPGA players leave the flagstick in than PGA Tour players. Just in, and I, I, I don't notice it so much on the Corn Ferry Tour either. So that's I, this is not a scientific comment, by the way. It's just a off the cuff observation from turning on golf on TV here and there and checking it out. So. But but there are far fewer guys who leave the pin in now than at the beginning of the year, are there not? I believe the first event of the year, it felt more like that because people were trying it out. Maybe our eye was more keen to it back then than it is now because we've, we've had 
nine, ten months of of watching this. I, I don't know what 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 do you think? I agree with you. I, I I do believe people don't do it as much. I think. Remember, there was an article that came out in either Golf Magazine or Golf Digest that basically said it's not wise to leave the pen in. I think that had an influence on the guys. I think that was the papal line of demarcation, as they used to say in history class, mm. that, that things changed right there. Of course, this is all just complete. I don't know this, but the caddy will never let the truth get in the way of a good story, as we know, or the facts hinder his argument. You just need to convince your player that you're right. That's what matters. I'm with you. The best, by the way, the best uh, breakdown was Jason Gore at the U.S. Open Media Day practice green at Pebble Beach. He said, hey, Jason, what do you think about the, what, what's your take on the, the flag stick? And he said, you know, I don't know. I'm still tinkering with it. But he said, basically, I've gone to, if I can see the liner in the cup, I pull it out. If I can't, I leave it in. And I thought, but you know what? Jason's six foot four. What about somebody <laughs> five foot six? See, I think about these things. I'm the scientist here. Don't forget that. Immediately, I think about different. I was going to do at Silverado. There's a pine tree you can barely see the top of that I'm going to use as a tee shot line. And I'm thinking to put, do I put in there, Zach Blair? Sorry, you can't see this, but Tony Finau can help you find it. Very nice. Do I put that in the yardage? I think you it, should. I think you should. I had to throw had to throw in a little thing for the Utah boys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure they're listening. So some of our audience will completely understand what I'm talking about. Everybody in Utah knows what I'm talking. Definitely. Well, look. All I'll say is to your scientific theory, it works regardless of how tall or short you happen to be. If you can see the liner in the cup. You to go ahead and, and take it out. If you can't, you maybe you leave it in. It, it works. It might be different distances, but it works. That's a rule of thumb for sure. I don't know that it works. But. It works for me. I'm just saying. It's a good rule of thumb. You're right. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of like aim point. Uh, for, it's flag point. <laughs> pinpoint. Now, pinpoint's already a company. Hi, Simon. Simon runs pinpoint in Europe. Anyway, that's a whole other story. I like it. I like it. All right, Caddy. Well, that'll do it for us. We're out of time, unfortunately. But thank you for spending a few minutes with us. Hey, you know what? If Bob's gone every week, we can spend more time like this. I like it. I don't know that the, the, the feisty Caddy is the way to go. Uh, but that's what you got this week, so it can happen. Yeah, I'm with you. And you made some great points. Good stuff, as always. Appreciate it. Thank you, Gentleman Taylor. There you go. That was the caddy. Joins us right here on Real Golf Radio. Bob will be back next week, but that's okay. If he doesn't, we always have America's favorite caddy. Stay tuned. More of the show coming up next. Hey, guys, it's a great time to get into Barbecue Pit Stop, Utah's barbecue pro shop, and get the tools you need to up your barbecue game. Barbecue Pit Stop has the best selection of the best smokers money can buy, like Traeger, Yoder, Big Green Egg, Kamado Joe, and more, plus over 200 rubs and sauces and lots of accessories. I know you're wondering if you really need another grill. Well, a smoker isn't another grill. It's an upgrade from your grill. I haven't turned on my gas grill since the day I got my smoker. Head into one of their three locations in Layton, Salt Lake, or Lehigh, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. 
Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Make you into golf, the place to shop for dads and grads with their summer savings sale happening now. Go faster and farther with the new Callaway Epic Flash Driver with flash face technology for more ball speed and distance. Get custom fit for free today. And measure your distance with Bushnell GPS and range finders and save up to $70. Choose from the Phantom, the Hybrid, or the Tour V4 Shift. Uinta Golf is your place to shop for the hottest golf gear this summer. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Hi, I'm Brent Brown. When I opened Brent Brown Toyota in 1999, I never dreamed that in 2016 would be Utah's number one volume new car dealership. And in early 2017, when we became the number one Metro Toyota dealership in the entire United States in customer loyalty, you can imagine how proud I was of my team. Simply put, no other dealer in Utah, or in the entire region for that matter, has as many repeat customers as Brent Brown Toyota in Orem. At Brent Brown Toyota, bending over backwards isn't just a slogan, it's our mission. And just because you get our low prices doesn't mean you have to give up on great service after the sale. In fact, people drive from all over Utah and beyond to get our incredible deals, and then they send their friends and family. You don't become number one in the nation by taking advantage of people and then never seeing them again. Excellence both during and after the sale is what keeps our customers coming back again and again. That's probably why Time Magazine recently selected us as the quality dealer of the year for Utah. So if it's time to buy a new car, why not buy from the best? Brent Brown, Toyota, and Orem. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. Thanks so much to the caddy who spent uh, extra time with us here on the back nine, hour number two. We don't normally keep him that long, but that was nice to visit. He was a little surly, wasn't he? Why, he's a little crusty. I think maybe he was a little tired or something like that. But, uh, hey, Bob was out this week. It was good to have him in to bounce some stuff off of. Uh, Look, bottom line, after discussing all that, clearly the caddy says it's a no-brainer. Brooks Koepka is your player of the year, major champion. His question was valid. What would you rather do, win a major or win the players? And I think everyone's going to go with a major. It's not, a, it's not really a problem. I was going to say that's the problem, but it's not really a problem. They're all PGA Tour wins. But the PGA Tour doesn't own them. I get that. It's semantics a little bit. But for the average fan, it probably doesn't matter. For the golf geek, I, I understand what it means. And I think Player of the Year has something to say about it. By the way, we didn't get into and We talked a little bit about it last week. But I'm all for giving the guys that win the majors an exemption into the Tour Championship. They don't have to be bumped up in the order. They can start at zero. They can start at even par if they don't otherwise qualify. But they should be in the field. That's just my take. Put them in there, man. That'll be in there. Hey, by the way, those that made it to the Tour Championship, they will get into 
the World Golf Championship HSBC and the WGC Mexico. They're also in the uh, Players Championship, the Masters, the U.S. Open, the Open Championship. They get into additional events, uh, including the Desert Classic, the Genesis Invitational, Tigers event there, uh, the RBC Heritage, Charles Schwab Challenge, Arnold Palmer Invitational Memorial, CJ Cup at Nine Bridges, the Zozo Championship. So, yeah, you've got a lot of things going for you just for making it into the Tour Championship. Really good stuff. Hats off. An incredible season. And congrats to Rory McIlroy for winning it. And congrats to Brooks Kepka, who will probably be your player of the year. That'll do it for me. Thanks again for joining us. Hit us up on Twitter, at Real Golf, and we'll see you next week right here on Real Golf Radio. Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com. It's been real.